0: trying to tell her let's go through the um the drive-through to get married why not i want to so bad and she wants a wedding so we'll do both i don't (laughs) want to i don't like half of my family and i do well there you go and it's cheaper
1: it's a lot cheaper trust me
0: welcome to so funny it hurts i'm your host michaela gordon where we explore the trauma that makes comedians so funny i'm so grateful i slid into his dms (laughs) honey hoping it would go well and i'm so proud to introduce stage illusionist magician comedian actor host dubbed as the dennis the menace of magic with a blend of comedy headliner at the tropicana thank you so much What's for up? joining us how are you i'm doing good dude i'm good. so happy you're here <laughs> thanks for having me yeah thank this you for awesome. coming i um i forgot you've done so many different television shows obviously america's got tally mm-hmm. which was incredible yeah. um and you also did masters of illusion on cw yeah
1: my ninth season this year yeah which
0: is incredible mm. my show is on the cw afterwards okay. totally weird and funny yeah and i didn't know that oh that's amazing more importantly you were on Reno nine one one. Oh my God!
1: I was on the first season I, before it aired. I didn't even. I called it Reno nine eleven because it wasn't a thing. No one knew about the show. Stop. Oh yeah, when I when I got the casting call, I went and auditioned. It was for Comedy Central, which I loved because I'd never been on that network. I was young in my late twenties, and so I drove from Vegas to LA, auditioned as you know additions like three minutes and i hopped in my car and drove back home yeah and then by the time i got back home if you know vegas at all when you come down to P- prim which is the little town for people that don't know vegas just before you get to vegas you know and i got a call back and say not even call back and said they love you you booked it which is amazing you just get a call and so that
0: like, fast great i'm like
1: okay great And i didn't realize i thought it was just some crappy little you know maybe <laughs> i don't know maybe a pilers that was what it was and so I came back like three weeks later, I arrived that morning, get on the set, and they want me to be this magician that pulls out all this ridiculous crap out of my jacket as a drunk driver. And I'm like, that's a really funny idea. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a bunch of crap. They don't have magic crap. I don't have rubber rabbits and feathers and, and these weird flower things. So I had to go buy this cheap crap. So I bought all this stuff, get there on set. I see no cars. I thought, oh, going to be one of these shoots. It's going to be one of these crappy little... But I'm like, well, I'm here now. It's a few hundred bucks. And it was uh, after us. So I hop in the van. No one's around. We drive down uh, north um, Hollywood. And all of a sudden, we make a right turn on one of these streets. I think Magnolia or something. And they almost had like six blocks blocked off, seven cop cars, ten star wagons. I was like, I was like, holy shit, I should have read the script more <laughs> because it's a real shoot. Like, I've uh-huh. never, I could not believe how, what a, you know. And then as I'm going to my trailer, I'll take you to the trailer. I'm like, oh, I get a trailer. Which I went camping all my life, never got excited about a trailer. <laughs> but then when you're an actor, you want a trailer, yeah, which is yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's just a sink and right, a crappy a little bed. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so it's so funny. So the Star wagons. as I'm walking down, remember, I knew nothing about Rio 91. It wasn't even on TV. So I didn't know the characters. I didn't know anything, right? All and I,
0: reality television wasn't like that. Not, there no. wasn't happening yet. No. Shows like this were not a thing. Nothing
1: was. Uh And so I'm walking with my buddy Lefty, who's my guest actor in my show, my best friend. He's helped me. I'm walking down, right? It's like 7.30 in the morning. So as I'm walking by one of the trailers, there's this now remember, it's now that no one knows the characters in the show. I don't know anybody. I walk by the security guard by the trailer. And he's wearing these super tight shorts. Like, I mean, he's got a moose knuckle, like you. Unbelievable, super tiny shirt, and you got the glass. I say hello. It's like hi. I was like, wow, he's those. Those shorts are tight. I'm like, Whew. and so I keep walking by. I'm like, that security guard. You think he'd have a little bit of? a, And I had no idea what the show was. Right. So uh-huh. I, I go <laughs> my trailer, relax, and I get ready. And of course, I don't shoot till like two o'clock in the afternoon or three. But I'm there at seven. Get ready. Had no idea what to do. So I just. Cause it was all improv. There's no script. So I. Put everything in my jacket to figure out a way to pull this stuff out because things don't come out of a jacket naturally like you know inspector gadget so i practiced yeah. all this i get on set i'm still talking about that weird dude security guard and i'm <laughs> standing there and we do the scene with wendy company who's the one well, the stars of the show and we do the scene do four takes and they're like that's it we got it i'm like that's it we've got you sure you've got it because I've, I've felt like i wasn't really." No, no, we got it. And this other guy walks up in those tight shorts again. I'm like, there's that security guard. And he shakes my hand and goes, hi, I'm Thomas Lennon. I said, pleased to meet you. I said, and I didn't know who Thomas Lennon was at the time. uh uh-huh. And he was like, I, uh, I wrote the show, and it's mine, and I own it, and thanks for being a part of it. I'm, I play Officer Dangle. I'm like...
0: Oh, oh, my, my God. God. He's also
1: the one that wrote Night at the Museum. Like, that's his script. He wrote the whole thing. Yeah. So he's really, I mean, obviously, now we know each other. But at the time, I was like, man, whew, those those shorts are so tight. Oh, so my yeah. God. And
0: they were the best.
1: So funny. You know, but they I had just no celebrated
0: idea. their 20th anniversary. Yeah. Nisi Nash was with the whole crew. That's right. I mean, Wendy went on to do so much Bridesmaids. Yes. Which was so incredible.
1: All of them actually did
0: Niecy's doing so great. Yeah. Uh, she just won awards for Dahmer. That's I mean, right. that's insane how yeah. fast time went by, but that you got to be a part of that. Unreal.
1: And and, yeah. so and I was hoping it was going to air because I was on the sixth episode. So, as it started to air, I didn't get the humor because it's not my style of humor. Like, it's very obvious what's coming. So, I'm like, I just don't get it, you know? Yeah. And so, I knew it was the sixth episode, and I thought, man, I hope it stays on the air to get to my episodes. I want to see it air. And then it became a cult classic and now it's out there. But it's just so funny, you know, when something, you never know if something's going to hit or not, you know, so.
0: I mean, it's such a great lesson in our business and in this career. Like, you really don't know what the thing is and so part of this is just chasing what the enjoyment is and what brings us joy because we don't know. I mean, you, I want to go back a little bit. Now, growing up, I was reading, and if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. you can let me know. But you did a lot of different things. You're a musician. Mm -hmm. You were playing saxophone really early on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being an artist has always been the thing. But it was actually a Vegas show. You Mm -hmm. were not living in Vegas. You were a little kid at the time. Mm -hmm. It was Siegfried and Roy that sort of influenced you to sort of get into magic, Mm -hmm. which now, in retrospect, you have your own show here in Crazy. Vegas. yeah. Was that cra- What was the thought when you were little? Like, were you like, I just want to do magic well, and, and entertain people? It was
1: ironic. We, I, you know, at the, from the age of five on, I was in entertainment, so I started uh, dancing professionally at the age of five. So I trained ballet. I never danced ballet, but I trained ballet, but I danced Russian and Ukrainian dancing because my background's Ukrainian and my other background is Scottish. I'm 50-50. Oh, wow. So my dad was very traditional. So I played the accordion. I danced in these big red baggy pants. And he, the, no wonder I was single till I was 20, but... <laughs> <laughs> but the point is I uh, think that's know, hot Murray okay yeah, right. so Play the we're right. it yeah <laughs> so so anyways we went through all that then uh, you know around 7 or 8 I got into magic my parents did give me a Siegfried and Roy magic kit from Reno because in the 70s Reno was actually almost more popular than Vegas because they'd have these flights down super cheap for Canadians cause I'm Canadian from Vancouver and they'd have these really cheap things so Reno was actually really popping back in the 70s early 80s so that's where they went I got this little magic kit As a kid, you do it for two seconds and chuck it away because it's a a toy. Yeah. And then when I turned 13, I I asked for another magic kit for my birthday, and I got that. And Copperfield was on TV at this point now, and he was really the big thing on TV. He was huge. He had a special every year. It was pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of inspired me to go, hey, maybe I can do this as a career, you know? Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think magic is so unique already, but you're a funny guy. Like, you're up there, you're being really funny. I know this is still Ball. Um, mm-hmm. I read was somebody that you really looked up to along with Dean Martin, who yeah. are both phenomenal musicians yeah. and both stage entertainers so funny did you want to do stand-up first did it matter what direction it went as far as how you were on stage
1: it was interesting the way it worked is i wanted to be a magician so i did that because i knew i could fool people and i was good at the sleight of hand stuff maybe because i played music with my hands and piano and accordion and all that and then in my mid-20s I realized on TV, there's only one or two magicians that are ever well-known on TV. There's, it's not like musicians where you can have a thousand of them, mm-hmm. uh, or comedians, yeah. uh, or singers. But magic, usually one or two, like Houdini or David Copperfield or Blackstone. It's never so all of a sudden, and also naturally off stage, I was just just funny in the sense of I never took anything seriously because I always saw the the light of everything I just things are funny to me so I thought (laughs) but that's a different funny though like you me being funny having coffee is different than Trying to be funny when there's an audience watching you because they're not with you and you need to bring the audience with you on that journey. Yeah. And then if they're on that journey with you now, you can be funny. If you, just, you know, if you just all of a sudden make a joke about camping. And I remember that time we were camping and we start laughing. They're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Because they don't even they're not even camping in their head. They're they're still at Walmart shopping in their head. So you have to get them to the campsite and you get a little fire. And then you're by the lake. So be you know, people, oh yeah, we are camping. And then you can do the joke. You know, and that's how humor works. So I learned in my late 20s, I would, as I had my show here in Vegas, I opened my show in 2002 at the Frontier, and I wasn't doing a lot of comedy. I'd do a couple of jokes, but they were literally just a hack joke. So I would drive to L.A. and do open mics on Mondays and Tuesdays at Laugh Factory in the comedy store. I'd wait in line. Here I had a show in Vegas, but I'd wait Stop. in line to do three minutes. And I'd I wore these plaid pants with these suspender things that hung off, a loose white shirt and a loose tie, just a different look. My hair was always up. And I would just do comedy. And nine of the jokes would bomb. One would actually be good. And then I'd come home, put that in my show. And then, then I'd work on the other nine or toss them. And then I'd go back the next week and do another ten and bomb eight. And hopefully two would be funny. And that's kind of how I... Learn because I didn't want to rely on my magic. Cause I could easily put out a deck of cards or a coin and do a trick. Cause I knew I was good at that, yeah. But I didn't want that to fall back on. If I wasn't funny, then I wasn't funny, you know.
0: Okay, so let's talk about bombing. I was at the comedy store a couple weeks ago. I think I'm going to start doing stand up again. I, I stopped a yeah. long time ago, just with cancel culture yeah. and everything happening. And I'm like, well, I'm a singer. I'll just yeah. I'll keep singing. Sure. But I think the most difficult thing is really embracing the bombings, the failures, yes. the embarrassing feelings that you have And it's cringy. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, fuck, oh, yeah. I've yeah. driven home from L.A. And I'm like, I fucking <laughs> yeah. sucked, dude. Yeah.
1: The worst. It
0: has to happen in order for you to be as great as you are. I mean, you're headlining mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a a moment where you bombed so badly that you can remember that was also a really pivotal moment in your life, in your career? Yes. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's one point years ago, I was doing a show in Vancouver, Canada, where I live, and it was a competition. And it was the Children's Magician of the Year competition. And we were doing it a uh, night college. It was a college, but they were doing night school at night. So in the daytime, regular college in the nighttime, obviously, night school and we were using a the theater. And at that time, it was a very advanced theater, but this is like in the 90s, and so I had this great idea that I was gonna appear on stage, and what I wanted to do is have this big diamond of light. So it's a big diamond, a black hole of light that you can't see anything in it or through it. No one's there, and the idea is a flash of smoke appears in front of it, and then as soon as the smoke disappears, I'm standing in, in the middle of the light triangle. That's the trick, right? So I'm basically, I'm hiding behind some black cloths and all this other stuff, So, but my idea was when I appear, this is when I used to comb my hair nice. I used to look very, comb the side. I used to look not somewhat normal. And so I thought it'd be funny if I had my hair really spiked up crazy. I wore it n- normal tuxedo, but everything was blown so up. So this is
0: how the hair was created. This is one of this the is ideas. Like one yeah, of the along moments. with Phyllis
1: Diller, which is a huge, I was a huge fan of Phyllis Diller. Yeah. He's a of great course. comedian. And Rod Stewart, who that's where I got the ideas from. But this is the beginning of it. So I spiked my hair up because I actually combed it really conservative. Had this black tuxedo, but the tuxedo I made look like it was blown up. So the shoes were blowing up. I had the shirt sticking on my fly. I had the flower ripped. So as soon as I appeared, I'd stand there and I'd walk forward, get the applause. And my first line was, whatever you do, kids, don't try this at home. And that was my opening line yeah. in, into my like three minute segment. Yeah, I forgot because I didn't, wasn't that professional at the time. I didn't tell the stage managers that I was using smoke. And they have they had this brand new system in their um, college and theater. It's a laser system for smoke. Smoke hits the lasers. The whole alarm system goes off. Well, they never turn the uh, lasers off. I was the opening act to like 10 acts. And they just loaded all the people into the theater, all these audiences. And, of course, my opening trick, the first damn thing, you know, my mouth. And then, boom, <laughs> the smoke goes off. I step out. I said, kids, what are you doing? Don't, don't try this at home. And I'm looking like I've been blown up. All the alarms go off. The whole theater gets evacuated, right? The show just fucking started i walk in the back i'm out back because we all got to evacuate the building now now so i'm standing like this blowing up i'm like god oh, i guess you should have since you really should have told us you were using smoke I said, well i just didn't realize there'd be i didn't think that would trigger the i didn't know you had lasers like mission impossible for the smoke <laughs> and then as i'm standing out there i walk out to the street and i see like two thousand people on the street i'm like i said where the fuck did they come from i said it's eight o'clock at night i said oh You didn't know? I said, no. They said, tonight was the night of their final exam for night school. And they were all at their test. And then to top that off, I'm standing out there in the street and the fire trucks come flying in. They get out and goes, everyone okay? And they come up to me <laughs> going, Oh my God, are you okay?
0: Oh my God, because gonna, it looks like you got course. blown up.
1: That was the whole joke. Talk about a joke that lasted like an hour and a half. It wouldn't let go. And I was like, No, 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 I'm fine. This is kind of a look thing. <laughs> I said, you sure? I'm like, No, I'm well aware of what I look like. This is the thing. Like this whole, but the whole thing. I wasn't planning on having you guys show up as well. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so that was my. That's probably one of the points. Now I didn't win the competition that night.
0: Honestly, I would have given you all the awards. I know, right? You stuck it. To- yeah. Did you? Wow. Oh my God, yeah. that's fucking insane. Yeah, you insane. can't write that. You can't write that.
1: Talk There's about a domino nothing. effect. That's one little trick it'll be really cute and funny, and it wipes out a whole college.
0: Clear the whole place, and they were yeah. testing. Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. So that, that was fun for them because they could, you know, t- you know, pass notes back and forth. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you got right yeah. back up on stage the next day. You were feeling so confident. I was back. You, I was you were like, so here ready. We yeah, minus.
1: <laughs> minus a smoke machine you know so yeah or flash pod, listen
0: man i remember i was trying this uh it was here in vegas and i uh, am not a dancer by the way <laughs> and i was trying something new and i had this ponytail in and i flipped it too hard and it caught on fire on one of the candles no and it smelled so yes. bad That it cleared the fucking club out. That's amazing. burnt hair just has that smell. Oh, it's disgusting. You can't get rid of it. it It's like
1: popcorn in the microwave.
0: Nothing. It's over. It was over. And it was fake hair. I mean, thank God it wasn't my hair. I can burn my own hair with chemical bleach. but I it was awful.
1: That's amazing. But those
0: are the moments. Yeah, Yeah. those are the... I think sometimes those are the better moments than the like... Knockout moments. Yes, do you know what I'm saying? They're oh, sure. different, it's a but great they're, story. Yeah, they're great stories. I remember my,
1: I was being baptized. I don't remember because they told me the story. My parents. I was being <laughs> baptized. You know, we were up. You know, Christian, in the church in Camden. I guess the minister had me in his arms or something, doing whatever the water, holy ghost, and all that stuff. And I guess he, they had candles on the side of the <laughs> pulpit or the pew or whatever in the church, and he's swinging me around. I guess the top of my head got one of the candles, and it got on fire. So they, <laughs> I didn't even have much hair to begin Stop. with. I was just born, yeah. So what hair I had, I lost. So,
0: yeah. so <laughs> yes, sent your up, hair yeah. off. I don't
1: remember the obvious because I was just a baby. But Listen, those baby, priests are not
0: trustworthy. No. And that's just another Man, reason that's why. That's a, sign right, there. Oh. <laughs> a sign right there. I should know right at the
1: beginning. So I've been to church since, but the point... Is, <laughs> so yeah, so there it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, so let's talk about your parents because one thing that we do talk about on this show is, you know, I always like to recognize comedians. I, I Most, Mostly speak for myself, uh-huh. that it's the trauma that makes me funny. Mm-hmm. I can laugh at myself and the jokes and the stories that made me. We often look at comedians like Robin Williams, who they all carry these big faces and these big energies, but they have a lot going on. Was your childhood somewhat normal? Were you the only child? What was it that you that drew you to relying on your comedy and and the magic, besides just the creative force of it all? I think, you
1: know, I was raised in a pretty conservative household. You know, my mom and dad were awesome. I was, you know, really raised really well. They were married forever. Dad passed away about seven years ago, but they were married 54 years until that point. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah. but he was 83, had a great life, you know. Yeah. Died of old age. Mom's still rocking. She's still here, and she's 83. So, but I think I was raised in, you know, I was born in 73, so I was raised in that world of get a real job general electric or sears or work for the government or the post office good Mm -hmm. pension plan work 35 years and your life will be set you know what i mean um because they took care of you know cities and countries took care of people if that was the way it worked but now with inflation and changes and everything else that system's kind of crumbled but but that was the way my dad grew up and my whole family's on the railway they worked for the train the train companies canadian national railway and so i was the only one in that whole family that didn't work for the railway and the railway at that time was still a really great job. I think it still is. They're still using trains now, but it was a solid job that they really needed to transport thing across the country. And I could have easily gotten in because my dad worked there, and everyone worked there. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's who you know. You know, getting into places like that. And my dad, though, he always shared his dreams that his dad didn't support, and he could have been a professional baseball player or a musician. So he cut one album when he was a teenager at a talent show because he won it because he played every instrument. He didn't even read music. He just picked up an instrument, could hear it. And just play it. it I don't even know how you would even know how to do that, but my dad could do that. And also baseball. He was, as a teenager, he was always in the newspaper for fastest hitter and runner and all that stuff. So he could have easily been. Now don't forget.
0: Talk about right wing, left wing brain, being an athlete and a phenomenal musician. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, but then he also was raised with these people at a railway, hard blue collar workers, you know, and they lived on the railway tracks, you know, Mm -hmm. his his dad, my grandfather, you know, the little Donald Duck thing that goes on the railway track that you see the cartoons do. My grandfather did that. That's what he used to fix the tracks. And they lived right on the railway. And the only time they got hot water was when the steam train would come by and, and dump the steam water into their big you know kind of little silo that kept the water and that's how they got hot water that day because you know all that stuff so um so when i came along i saw my dad's dad who i never met but curve him to just being in the railway for 35 years, which he had a great life. We had an amazing life. Had a He had his house paid off in no time and a really good life, but he always talked about being a baseball player, being a musician, mm. you know, and he never did those dreams, you know, but he also had the dream of a family and then he raised a, me well and my mom and took care of us. But I was like, man, I don't, wouldn't want that to happen to me because my dad was in the newspaper at 12 and 13 years old for being that talented. I'm like, you had it then. I you mean, know? it's so
0: crazy how you know? we discover like, i never want to say wasted potential Mm -hmm. um but just what it would have looked like if people had the opportunity to live to their highest potential which Mm -hmm. i think is why artists are so incredible
1: yeah yes no
0: matter we fail no matter we keep going Totally. You're at least trying for it. That's you know? right, yeah. And,
1: and also when you're given that platform to allow yourself to try new things and different things, you know, which comes from your parents usually or your best friend or your grandparents, depending who's your closest, closest mm-hmm. you know, ally. You know, And so for me, I, when I went into this business, I thought, man, I'm really the black sheep of it all because, wow, talk about magic. Like Here I had an, an opportunity to have any job in the world because I want to be a firefighter, a marine biologist or a chiropractor. Those are my other real jobs I wanted to do because they paid well. I could have a great life with those. Um, but I started magic at such a young age, and I became successful as a teenager. I thought, well, I'm making more money than I dreamed of at like 15, 16 years old. Shit. Well, why can't I keep that going for the rest of my life? You know. But magic is right down there by clown, gesture, you know, juggler. I mean, it's, if you want to make a lot of money, you wouldn't step into those categories. You know right. I mean? you'd, right. You'd go, you know, scientist or plastic surgeon or whatever the heck, you know, to make a lot of money. You know. So, so yeah. So I really stepped out of that box. But my parents always supportive. But dad was always like, you know. You could um you could always go back into the railway. You know, I always got that Her ra- General Electric's hiring her Sears has a good job and and it's an yeah. you know, electric Sears now. But but you know, back then that was one of the biggest stores in the world. It was totally. like the Amazon of the 70s, you know? Yeah. So um so I went I went this direction and changed.
0: You yeah. know, it's interesting though. I can only relate, I moved in with my mother in law. We're living with her right now as mm-hmm. we wait for a house to get ready. Nice. And um she's so lovely and I adore her but she's much older mm-hmm. and she doesn't understand to this day, like what my partner and I do for a living. Like she doesn't That's understand. True. She just keeps saying like, do you have health insurance? Yep. Like she needs the basic That's things. Right. And sometimes I get frustrated because mm-hmm. I wasn't of that generation. Yes, of I could course. be anything I wanted to be. That's right. And I, I'm i like, girl, don't worry. Like I'm never disrespectful, but no, I'm like, but girl, you're, yeah, you're like, girl, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't need that right
1: now. That's right. Exactly, yeah.
0: And uh, my partner always says, you can imagine, growing up being a creative and having that. And it does take a lot of chutzpah, even though they mean well. Mm -hmm. I know my mother-in-law means well.
1: Of course, yeah. Because they care about you. They want the best for you. Of course. To them, that's what they think is the best for you. Because that's what they are known known for you.
0: But for it to not stifle you and for you to continue on and be so wildly successful, I Mm. think that says a lot about your character and a lot Mm. about your leadership and and confidence within yourself. I
1: think so. I think no one's going to believe it you more than you. You know, like I always tell people in a relationship, I always hear these people like, oh, he's not that that great or she's not that great. I'm like, stop for a second. I said, how great are you? Well, I got a lot of, I said, well, okay, well, stop now. So you make yourself happy. I don't care what you need to do. Go for a walk, a jog, smoke a joint, do another, do 10 jobs a day or do nothing. I don't know what makes everyone happy. Whatever you make, make yourself happy. Once you figure out yourself, now worry about that person that you want to make happy. Because if you're happy, it's a lot easier to make other people happy. It just it is. as long as you wake up in the morning and you can sort your own crap out. Because if you can't sort your crap out, don't put that crap on somebody else, because they're sure as hell not gonna be able to figure it out. It's your body, your life, your mind. So you sort that out, whatever you need to do to be a nice person that day. And when you can be a nice and happy person that day, you can now invite other happy people and make them happy. But if you're not happy, don't blame your happiness on somebody else. Or it's raining, well, so what? Deal with it, it's raining. Yeah. You know, it's raining for everybody. So you know, figure out what makes you happy in the rain. You know, because it's gonna goddamn rain sometime. So you know, be happy. So that's the way I've always looked at my life. So anyone who's pissed off and goes, "Oh, stop!" I need you to be happy first. I'm not responsible for that. I'm not. I'm not. I can add to that, but I'm not taking responsibility to make you happy. You need to figure that on your own. What kind of pants you want to wear, or a dress, or hair, or job you want to do, or car you want to drive, or whatever you need to do to get off that day. Then come to me when you're Switzerland, when you're neutral. And then I can I can be a part of that now, but don't yeah. blame me for you not being happy. I don't want any you know I don't want any involved in that. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. You know. Yeah. So other people are antagonists too. but yeah, I think you know I think it's a fair when you're in a relationship or friendship or even parents. You know, like dealing with parents and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, you know. I know. We just did the episode before you. We had my dad on. Yeah. Um, and we are doing great, but we had yeah. to explore our relationship through sure. through therapy, and yes. I and I think it's really important. He's also another artist, and yeah. he's. He's really incredible, but I'm I'm grateful that I had his leadership as mm-hmm. well in music. Yeah. Uh, were there any people in particular that mentored you, uh, that brought you a little piece of happiness that helped you get to where you are? Yeah,
1: yeah. My mentors in magic, I had two growing up. My first mentor in magic was a gentleman in Vancouver, still alive, his name is Sean Farquhar, and he was a very well known magician back in Vancouver. He still is, still a great magician, but at that time he was like the magician in, you know, so it's, you know, big, big fish, small pond situation. And then he became a world champ magician over the years, and he's you know, very well known in the magic world now, and a great friend. And he's the one that really encouraged me how to get in the newspaper, how to be a better magician, what kind of tricks I should learn and do. So he's really influential. And then, after that, he introduced me to this couple named Mr. Electric. And his... Act was lighting light bulbs so from the 1940s to late 1990s that was his act and don't forget light bulbs were only invented in the early 1900s so so can you imagine in the 40s or 50s when he walked on stage with a real light bulb putting in their hand and then lighting up brighter than the room, and then putting it down like you'd be like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So that was his act. Yeah. And Liberace hired him for five years. They were the opening act for Liberace, uh, for Lee, which is his nickname, and they toured every arena in the world. They opened the Stars Casino here in Las Vegas and the show called The Lido. Like they're really, really well known. And they were on Tonight's night Show and every show you'd imagine. So they met me when I was sixteen and beautiful looking couple, and they always dressed the nines, and you know, old school Hollywood. Love, you know? and she always yeah. wore the hats that matched the outfits and all that, and her name was Carol, uh, Marvin Carol, and they met me at 16, and they said, Murray, if you wanna do something in life, try to be different and original, cause no one can take that away from you. And I said, here, you're young and good looking, so you can just buy normal tricks, or steal normal jokes, or whatever you're doing, and you can be really great, cause you're so young, you're ahead of your time, so you're cute and good looking, So, you'll be amazing because you're cute and you're you're a novelty. And you can work basically a year and do these tricks and stuff and be a great act for five years because you're cute and young, but that's not going to last forever. Or you can work for five years and find something super original, different, that's going to keep you going for 50 years because people want to. And that's that's the idea to find that, put more effort in to be unique, different, and you because no one can be you. That's the greatest thing. If we tapped into who we are, no one can steal it from you. You know, we're trying to be everyone else. I'm like, just look in the mirror and accentuate the good, the bad, and the ugly of you. And you, that's, that's it. No one can take that away from you. you
0: know? I mean, I think that's the equivalent. And I'm going to totally fuck this up. But you'll know what I'm saying. And <laughs> so the audience, when you say you can take a, a horse to water, but you can't make mm-hmm. it drink. But that's also, right. no, what is it? When you, you, bring a horse to you water, can feed right. them the fish or you mm-hmm. can teach it. That's right. And that's true. I, I rode
1: horses all my life. And you can bring, honest to God, that's a true thing. You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can walk right to the water. But if they don't want to drink and get their head down the trough. They're so strong; they'll never drink the water. They yeah. just won't. It's, it's, and that's true. And that really is a true saying. Like if they're thirsty, they'll drink. If they're not good luck. You could swing on their neck; you're not going to get their face close to that water. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's incredible that you bring up being unique and, and that advice because you are very unique. I, I've never met anybody like you, and I've never seen anybody do your acts. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of different magicians here, there's a mm. lot of different headliners here. Yeah. Um, and I would like to do a game that we like to play called Fuck Mary Kill. Have you ever played that? I've
1: never played Fuck Mary Kill, no. Do
0: you know how it goes? No,
1: tell me. How do we do this?
0: Or well, you've no never idea. heard of Fuck Mary Kill?
1: No, never. Never.
0: You're an angel. No. Fuck marry, Kill is I'm gonna give you three choices. Okay. And you have to choose to fuck one, marry one, and kill okay, one. Okay,
1: got it. Okay, great. Okay, no, does I that know that. Make, make, yes. Does that I feel you, okay? I thought you you would have No, you people? said fuck marry, Kill. I didn't realize there were three words. Fuck Mikhail. <laughs>
0: I just, fuck Mikaela. That's what I'm like, we're uh, gonna play I a game Fuck Michaela. Michaela. I didn't know. I
1: not I don't think I know that game. <laughs> fuck Mary Kill. I know, but fuck Mikaela. I don't know. I've never fucked a Mikaela, so Listen, I'm gonna I have to. i only had a
0: cup of coffee today, I'm like, I'm to, <laughs> I, I should have enunciated Yeah, better. fuck
1: Mary Kill. I have heard, but not I just not got my McHale. lips filled, and we're just yeah, struggling perfect. a little
0: bit. Okay, I'm like, this no, is why I've birth. never played this, <laughs> but
1: uh, <laughs> but hey, I'm gay. What the hell? It's Monday.
0: Okay, are you ready?
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fuck. Mary or kill. This is the Vegas headliner edition okay. in honor of you being a headliner. All right. Pen and only, teller. Okay, go, ahead oh, go. No, no, go. Do, do no.
1: I have to? Each one has to be. I have to. Once I use kill, I can't use it again, right? No,
0: nope, you can't. Okay, you can only it. use them once. Okay, I got it. Fair okay.
1: enough. Okay, fair enough.
0: Pen and teller. Uh
1: huh.
0: Wayne Newton, Celine Dion.
1: Um. I would, uh, I would kill Penn and Teller. Great. Fuck Celine Dion and Mary Wayne Hoodon.
0: Newton. <laughs>
1: he's Mr. Vegas. Why not? Totally. And he's rich and he's still alive.
0: Listen to me, you know? I think Why Newton. not?
1: And it would make some great press.
0: I, it totally would. he's about as
1: tall as me. So that's I great.
0: <laughs> and he also has great hair. Yeah, great and hair. And he deserves yes, that. Exactly. See? Okay. Next edition. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: David Blaine. Mm-hmm. Adele. Hmm.
1: Um Adele, David Blaine, who's the other one, the first one?
0: Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry
1: Seinfeld. Hmm. I'd probably Adele, Jerry Seinfeld, and um David it? Blaine. David Blaine. I'd probably kill David Blaine.
0: Great. Do you, do, is that a personal thing? No, no, just, no okay, I like okay. the guy. He's okay. just really popular right now.
1: He sells <laughs> was, more I was tickets ask, than me.
0: Ask <laughs> was literally asking i was like i wonder if like yeah. magicians and comedians have beef like how singers sometimes do you're like we okay, do okay, but i'm not no, no no
1: but no um so i'd kill you blaine and i would uh marry seinfeld and fuck Adele
0: you've got good choices <laughs> i'd marry seinfeld yeah, too. rich
1: nice guy funny yeah. You know, not evasive. He kind of just pops in, <laughs> and pops out. Not that yeah. demanding. He's
0: not bothering you. No. He's, he's like, hey, going to make you laugh. Hey, did you know, that
1: paint's purple. You know why it's purple? I don't know why, Jerry. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, he tells me.
0: Did you ever watch his show, Coffee Talk, where he's in the Yeah, it's great. And to- the car- it's coffee great. and cars. Coffee and cars.
1: Loved it. It was yeah. great, right? Yeah, he had Obama, and they drove around the White House parking lot because so he yeah, couldn't yeah, leave yeah. the <laughs> house.
0: And Jerry
1: Lewis. He did Jerry Lewis here in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, last one. David Copperfield, Rod Stewart, Piff the Magic Dragon.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um, um, I would uh, kill Piff the Magic Dragon. Right. So I want his dog. It's so cute. <laughs> I know. It? Are you a dog Mr. person? Oh, we'll love love talk dogs. about yeah. that next. Yeah, I got three chihuahuas, yeah. Um, so I'd probably uh, kill Piff. Um... Um What's the other two? It's David Caulfield and Rod
0: Stewart, your Rod guy. Stewart.
1: I'd probably uh fuck Rod Stewart. And Mary David Caulfield. Yeah,
0: that feels right. Yeah. That feels great. We met yeah. David Copperfield a few months ago. Yeah. Never you know, I'm from Vegas. Yeah. But I lived in L.A. for 15 years. When we came back, okay. I haven't got to see all of the shows. Sure. And there's incredible shows here. Yeah. So we great went. Shows. And it was a great show. Yes. Magic is phenomenal.
1: He's one of the best in the world. And the reason why he's never stopped. He has an incredible team that is always looking for the next thing. And he never stops working. He's you know, a workaholic. You know what I mean? so, Do
0: you think it makes a difference when uh, when artists stop working and then come back? Like totally. if they take breaks? Does it?
1: Big difference. I, think. I mean, I, even when Roseanne stopped for her TV show, you know, and she's a legend in that business and a trailblazer and all that, and she stopped doing stand-up for 20 years because you have a TV show and you're a star on, as an actress. you know, It's a different story. And then going back to stand-up, it's it's like you stop playing the violin for 20 years. Well, you're not gonna be able to pick it up right away, you know what I mean, or piano. But when you walk on stage every night, I forgot, because you know, I'm so lucky not going to work every night, you know, I just came back from Orlando last night, and my friends hadn't seen me there for years, I used to live there, and they were like, it's unbelievable how your show is just like clockwork, there's not even a, and I said, yeah, because I've been I've been working for twenty years straight, literally. So the bits are just the bits. It's like when you see any great comedian, from Dane Cook to Russell Peters to all these, you know, Eliza. You know, they just because when you're working, it's just a beautiful. As you know, it's a beautiful thing when you just walk on, and have no stress except. I hope they really have a great time and react. You're not worried about, I hope I deliver it right, or I hope I time, because that's the worst, when you're thinking, because when you're thinking and performing, like if you're thinking of the words to a song, you can't really sing the song. You know, if you're thinking about the words to a joke, you can't really just sell it. So when you you have that, it's it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You
0: know, know, I think people take breaks sometimes just because of the simple burnout. So what's a way that you do, being this, iconic magician comedian Mm -hmm. uh to take away that stress if you do experience burnout
1: i think i work hard play hard you know um i think that's the difference so in my schedule i write a list every night before i go to bed on a piece of paper, not in my phone, because I gotta have a hand, I gotta see it in writing. And it's my list for the day. So, my day is you know, this morning was to get up, and I went to the doctor, get my heart checked, because not that I got a bad heart, but I'm gonna die young. So, did that, and then I loaded some stuff back at Tropicana, had a quick bite, came here to, to do this with yourself, and then I got my show in about an hour and a half at the Trop, and then I'm done. And then Danny's off, my wife, who's a showgirl in town. And she's off tonight, too. And rarely we have the same nights off. So we're going to go to a friend's party uh, in town and just have a great, like, a date night tonight, which we haven't had for a while. So Mm -hmm. now, literally, as soon as I finish my show and I get home, that's it until tomorrow. And I won't look at my computer. I won't do any business. But then when I wake up in the morning, it'll be, like, full on. And I'll go so go go. So you have good boundaries. Yes. Like you shut down when you shut down. Yeah, you I do. And, and when I go out, I'll have a few drinks. I have a great time. Smoke a little bit, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. And I'll have a great time. And then, like, we always go to Laughlin for two nights. Uh, we, I call it a redneck vacation. Oh,
0: that's such a good I idea. I love Laughlin. And we
1: just bought a boat recently, a small little speedboat. And we usually bring five or 10 people down there. We stayed at the cheapest motel, which is a Pioneer Inn. It's a motel where you back your truck up to the (laughs) door, put the ice cooler in, bring the dogs and everything. And we literally put blankets on the grass at night, play music till like four in the morning. And people can do whatever they want to do, spin fire or smoke or do whatever they choose to do and there's no judgment, no expectations, and everyone can afford it because it's like 20 bucks a night for the hotel room. So, and anyone who's bougie, I'm like, then leave your bougieness back home. This is not about that. It's just about vibing. And every, t- we do it in the spring and fall with friends. And we always invite different people. And it's just a cool kind of like a release for two days. And we come back home and then comb the hair again, shave and then be Marie the Magician again. Yeah. But for two days, I don't answer, I wear a hat and I just have a great time and I don't have to be on. I think everyone needs to do that. Some people do yoga, hike a mountain, go to a retreat or whatever they do. Some people go to EDC and that's their release and they go back to being a doctor and a lawyer again or whatever they choose to do, you know, so everyone has their I think it's important to do that.
0: I do too. Yeah. I, I think that we're taught in a you in know. this society to go, go, go. The hustle, the grind, right. the go. Yeah. Which I agree, but I also have found myself being incredibly burnt out where yeah. I've had to walk away from the stage. Yeah. Uh, and I unfortunately couldn't. It was paying yeah. my bills. That's and, it's right. and I did want to be there, but yeah. I definitely could have used the advice uh, of what you just gave and sort of the permission that you're giving artists mm-hmm. through saying that as well is as it's, it's important to take those two days. Yeah. Put your hat on. What do
1: you do when you relax? Do you chill out? Do you go somewhere? i have no idea i have weekend? an star no. right now so clearly oh, we're Jesus. not I, no idea really? yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
0: clearly i Perfect. need to be doing more of that See, exactly. I, I might go to laughlin i've been you looking should. i have in the next couple of it's a fun next hang. week i have a few nights off Yeah, it's a,
1: it's a river the river's super clear you can swim and it's cold but it's fun just to go down on the beach and hang out the little beach is right on there it's, it's a really it's an hour and a half from vegas so yeah it's, i love it's a really that really cool hang Yeah, just don't speed I, I going there because they have cops all the way there stay the speed limit
0: no no Murray, i drive four miles an hour perfect no one wants to be you'll with you'll get me there in a week in a road trip perfect. if you want to go to la count me out wow we have to do those trips and lisa's yes. like just get in the passenger seat i <laughs> i'm not willing to be in the car with you anymore perfect. and i'm like good thank you
1: see at least you know
0: yeah i do i'm aware and that's part of it that's all that counts um i love that you're with a show girl yeah, and I love that you guys live here together. You work, you play together. Yeah. Uh, what relationship advice do you have, if any? Because I think it's nice when couples can work together mm-hmm. uh, and also play together. Mm-hmm. And and it can be difficult. Sure.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think what people need to do is don't take life so seriously. Don't take things so personally. And when you're in a relationship with somebody, let them be who they want and should be. Let them be an individual. Don't, my thing is I want to live with my best friend. You know, I also want to sleep with my best friend and fuck my best friend. So I want, that's my best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I want you to be my buddy. You know, I want you, but I don't want to, my biggest thing in a relationship is just because you're married um, or in a relationship, I don't want to all of a sudden, soon you come in a relationship, you get to, you lose six other things you will never be able to do in your life again. I don't want to ever put a restriction on somebody. I don't want to yeah, there's certain things in a relationship, you have to have boundaries and things like that in life and relationships and all that. But I when I see so many people get into a relationship, oh he can't do that now. He doesn't like that or she doesn't like that. I'm like, It's not that bad a deal. Go go have a fucking chicken wing. No, they're gonna have a cigarette. No, if they find out I'm like, it's a cigarette. Go have a fucking cigarette. Yeah, like it's not the end of the world. I feel like you know you've I mean? had this conversation before you know, because as you know, if I will get so, drunk
0: and a couple of my girlfriends be like, they want that extra smoke and they yep. can't. they Yeah, my like, God,
1: Whatever, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> huh, it's not my life. My lungs go smoke a cigarette. Would I like it? No, but you know, whatever. You know, certain things I'm not a fan of, but I'm like, as long as I don't see it, I don't want to It's great, you know, because why should you stop living your life when you start living with someone else's life? Why don't you, can't you continue to, your life that you really want to do things and then have someone else come into your life and be a part of all that and it takes a lot sometimes because a lot of times you got to go well i fucking don't agree with that but i support you so i'm all in let's fucking do it let's go you know what i mean yeah uh because i never ever want to be the reason that at the end of your life in your 80s and 90s to go if i wasn't with him or her i would have done this i never want that line so whoever i'm with i'm like go do it. i'm not there's no question there's nothing if you love me because and you're emotionally attached to me i'm here forever i'm here for the ride so i don't want to ever stop anything that you want to try or do in your life because I want to be a part of that. That's what's going to make it last. I want us to have a laugh around the campfire, or you know, back in the grass having a drink of wine or a beer, walking the you know in the park or whatever, and go. Remember that year? Last year we did this stupid thing. I said, can't. We did that. Yeah, we did it. And and your versus going. I can't believe you fucking did that. And you start an argument. What a cool idea to go. We did that. High five. What a cool experience. Yeah. So I'm all about experiences. Not judging people for their choices and what they may want to experience. Because if you can be with your partner along for that ride and have them have the experiences, that's life partner that's when it that goes you know what i wasn't a fan of that but I'm, it was kind of cool you know what i mean and you get on with it you know yeah you, or maybe yeah, it was yeah. great you do something over and over again whatever that might be but i think that's how you keep a relationship you don't restrict somebody because i don't want to be restricted in my life i only got one life to live yeah and i want to enjoy it and i want you to come along for the ride you know what i mean it always has to be certain boundaries because certain things people go off the deep end and they're maybe intolerable to live with so there's certain other things. i'm not saying it has to be everything yeah. you know what i mean but yeah but within a reason it's, you know, don't restrict somebody's life because you want them to live your life. To me, I just think that's so selfish.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I think the best be. thing to say to yourself is I hope that when this person is 80 or 90 years old, they say, I wish I could have done it, but that person didn't let me. Like, yes. I would never want to be that exactly. person. I'd feel awful.
1: Yes. Because I, I, so many people I talk to and go, oh, if I wasn't married. I'm like... That's not the line. That's not the line. I wasn't married. That Then you shouldn't be married. Like, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. You get one life. And find somebody that will enjoy it with you and be okay with certain things. You know, no one has to, be, has to love everything you do. No, that's impossible. But someone that's kind of like gets you and goes, yeah, go have a great time. Enjoy it, you know?
0: Yeah. Is that advice that you would give to somebody who wants to become a magician or or a comedian? Is it really just mm-hmm. sort of that advice? Kind of is universal. Do it, in yeah. in all aspects, even with with your own audience. Yeah,
1: do it and don't give up. You know what I mean? And don't 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 worry about what other people say because everyone's going to tell you what to say and what to do and what's wrong and right. I that doesn't ever bother me. It's going to be jealousy. The more popular you get, the more famous, and the more money you make. There's more people that aren't going to like you and go. I just don't get it. I'm like, yeah, I don't get it either. You know what I mean? But 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 people who are very famous out there have become very successful because people like them and they do what they do because they're liked and they're very good at what they do you know what i mean and so just do you you know what i mean and and you're gonna so many people saying no but that's okay that's part of being successful i don't care you talk about oprah or dr phil not everyone loves oprah not everyone that loves dr phil not not everyone likes ricky Lake. the list goes on and on and on you know what i mean from jeff bezos to bill gates you can always have because when you're that popular and that famous the only way to become popular or successful is to be loved or hated, not liked. Mm-hmm. You'll never become famous being liked because anyone I can mention, there's always someone that completely can't stand them. You can go presidents, go to every president, no matter who it is. Yeah. I don't care what side of the world you're on or what party you choose. There's always going to be 50% that don't like the damn person, mm-hmm. woman, man, black, white, whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be just do you, you know what I mean? So that's always, and stay the course, you know, and, and it's okay to take three steps, you know, it's okay to take two steps back as long as you take three forward. That's one forward, right? So so I've always said that it's okay to go back and figure shit out and then and then go, all right, and then as long as you go three forward, that because you learn from those two steps back, that's a win, it's okay for that. you know. But listen, don't just take two steps back and stay back there. you know.
0: I love you so much, and I never know where these interviews are gonna go, but I feel like you dropped so many incredible gems, including the taking two steps back for three steps forward, because mm-hmm. I think that so many people, including myself, listen, uh, we've been very transparent on this show. Mm-hmm. I left my morning show because the show went under, uh, radio wasn't doing well yeah. anymore in December, and it felt like a very scary situation, Thankfully, I have a lot of faith in knowing everything does work out yeah. just universally. Yeah. I do feel like I try to be as spiritual as possible, but it did require me taking a few steps back to get mm-hmm. the couple steps forward. Okay. But nobody ever said that
1: yeah, to of course. me like that. Yeah, of and course. I kind
0: of wish they would have because mm-hmm. it's the best advice. Like, totally. you're not going back, babe. Totally. You're just pivoting. Yeah, totally.
1: That's that's the new, that's I the love term, you, I dude. So. Can you be my therapist? Perfect, perfect. Let's Can go. Can we get let's like go. a weekly with Murray? Perfect, Fuck the see? magic. I just need a
0: therapist. I don't have right? like health insurance right now. <laughs> see, you, you
1: should get some, my God. <laughs> you and my that's mother-in-law. Another story. That's another episode right there, you know? Um, okay, nice. I
0: know that you brought something. I love sure. when people do their incredible things that they do, whether they're singers or comedians. Mm -hmm. I know that you brought a little something. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, And I would love for you to bless. So funny, it hurts with it. Sure,
1: yeah. So I brought this... I'm not a very good artist, but so I brought... You'll see here. So I... uh, I have a notepad, which you'll see in a second, which is just a just a blank old notepad there, as you can see there. Right. And that's just gonna stay here for a second. But I got, I, I love traveling, so I, <laughs> I picked four of my favorite kind of postcards from around the world. So we got Self-Porter of Van Gogh, which you can see there, right? right? And then of course we got the Mona Lisa, which you have. And then the Scream, a very famous painting. And then the girl with the uh, white pearl earring, right? So, so yes, yeah, so it was a very famous postcard. So I'm gonna shuffle the cards up like this, all right? And do me a favor, just say stop whenever you want, and you can choose one, okay? okay. Say stop wherever you wish. Stop. Right there, okay, which one do you want? Just tap one. That's the one you'd like, okay. I'm gonna show you, I'm not gonna look, because if I look it's gonna ruin the whole thing, but you have a look which one you chose, Okay. okay. I'm gonna show the camera so the people out there can see as well, I'm not looking obviously. <laughs> but you see which one you chose, yes? Yes. You know what that is, okay, great. I'm gonna put those down and mix these up again so you can't see, and they're all there as you can see that, right? So we're just gonna put these. Over there. So now this, I always carry my hairspray with me because I kind of call it magic hairspray. So on my sketch pad, I'm gonna take a wild guess what you chose, okay? And you can tell me if I get close, right? You're watching the pad.
0: Okay.
1: Here we go. Watch. <gasps>
0: no. What do you think? No. <laughs> Am I right? Murray. Yes. That's what you chose. Say. Oh my God. Isn't that cool. Murray. Am I Listen, right? I'm not, you're 100%. <laughs> She's like, right. no, you're not. <laughs> I guess. I say <laughs> no. You're like, well, is it or is it not, bitch? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Perfect. Oh, my God. That's crazy. See? There you
1: go. Didn't even know I was an artist.
0: I didn't, but you're a man of many different traits.
1: <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Listen to me.
0: This is so crazy. I'm not one to get gooped <laughs> or gagged, I don't get like star studded, none of that. Uh-huh. But when we see magic, Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you have
1: to come hang out my show.
0: I will. I would love yeah, to. Yeah. Or,
1: or fan. on both shows. I do my show, at Trop, of course, which is my full show. And that I also was do amazing. the guest <laughs> spot. Oh, you yeah, like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that and was I was do the psycho. guest spot at Fantasy at the Luxor, so, which is a beautiful show. I know. Right and yeah. how
0: is it working with such hideous looking women? I know. It's, you know, it's I tough. I feel but bad. Somebody, for has, you. To somebody I know has to do it. Somebody
1: has to do it. But you know what? Somebody has to do it. and you know, Yeah, and it might as well
0: be you. That damn Anita just out here creating horrible. I know,
1: I know. I will
0: tell you, I auditioned to be the swing when I first moved here the first time. Uh Okay, those girls are bad bitches, first of Mm. all. They're beautiful, they're talented, they're sweet. Yes. Um, And Lorena was going out of town. Lorena, uh, Lorena who sings, it's her show. I was gonna do a swing though for her. And then they brought out this fucking rope act. Oh really? And I was like, like you have to hold the rope and you have to uh-huh. sing it.
1: Oh, they did a rubber band thing with it a big a black rubber, rubber band. Uh-huh. I remember that. It's not on the show anymore right now, but they always swap things. I remember that when you had to switch and back and forth. Oh, you, you were
0: know, doing like you choreography you and shit. Did you Hell get it? to the no. I was like, I don't
1: know how you get out of it at the end of it. First I'd be like... All-
0: no, I, no, I one time did yoga and yep. they put the, the, the band. band around my thighs and the woman kept making me push <laughs> yeah. and it flipped off and right into her no chin. Things. I swear to God. And I was like, I'm not made for yoga. I'm not made for yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I was That's terrified. It. And when I saw those fucking fantasy bands, <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, and I'm not made for this bitch either. And thankfully <laughs> so I got funny. a really great gig that sure. was mine, but they're so talented. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great um, show. and it's a great show. Beautiful. She's
1: always changing things like every year she puts 3 to 4 new numbers in new calendar every October. So it's it's an amazing. She's been here 25 years now. So it's yeah. amazing, you know. And she's yeah. amazing. Anita is timeless, you know.
0: Yeah, she is. Yeah,
1: and she used to choreograph Elvis Presley, Cher, all those people.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Way wow. back. Isn't that crazy? yeah. Listen, that's the the greatest thing about Vegas. You can go anywhere in the world, but there's not history and culture the yeah. way there is, a, and you're actually a historian. You did the historian yeah, of Pawn Stars. I've been, on of there for, Pawn Stars. I've been on there
1: for 17 years now, so I've yeah. There three years, so yeah.
0: What's the craziest thing that you have found, or maybe one of the craziest things uh, doing being the historian for Pawn Stars? I think
1: I do stuff for restraints as well, like Houdini's handcuffs and things like that. So one of our episodes, a guy came in, and he said, "I got some handcuffs." I'd like you to, you know, I'd like to sell here. Kinky handcuffs
0: so. or just well, handcuffs. I guess they could be okay. depending
1: what time of the day. Mm-hmm. Asking mean? for a friend, yeah, exactly. okay. And so we had the, the, well, that's the funny thing. So I thought, oh, maybe he's got four or five, you know, because he collects them. Shit, you not? He had like 190 handcuffs of every every type of handcuff was different. He had this collection. I'm Like, that's a bit of an obsession. You know, and uh,
0: Houdini was a kink,
1: scared the hell out of me. Yeah, exactly. but I'm like, wow, and he showed me how much he thinks they're worth. And I'm kind of handling them, going, I don't, I don't even know where these fit. And they're just really weird handcuffs from like the 1870s and 1920s, and all these things. And actually, we, t- I think we, half of them, uh, Rick and Chum, they end up buying because they were really cool handcuffs. You know, what I mean, yeah,
0: I believe it.
1: So now they're sold at the love store. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but and they uh, come yeah.
0: without keys, so exactly. You have to so good luck, your way out. exactly,
1: or run fast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well,
0: I love you. I'm so grateful that you stopped by. Thanks for having um, me. And this I know that fun. people can come and see you at Fantasy and mm-hmm. also at Tropicana. I'm yep. going to come. Th- that joke, the mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. The uh, art sketch was amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's thank still you. unbelievable to me. Um, and thank you thank for making you. time for Thanks. us. Thanks. You're always,
1: you know, guest at my shows or anything you want, your fantasy. or Thank you for having me Don't say on. that. Because yes.
0: I will show up you front row by myself. Sa- and I'll be like, and how is he doing that? To exactly. Ch- I'm obsessed with it. you have a witch hat on like
1: that? See, a little magic wand. I
0: want to. Perfect. I want to know everything. I'm like, Perfect. cut me in half. Do you sure. cut people in half? I do.
1: I do. I've cut my wife in half once and twice. Could you yes. cut a little
0: bit of the fat off of me? That would be expensive. But I could okay. I
1: could. You know, you look great. Will you know, you know what? what? You're kind fat. of a
0: doctor. You could do liposuction. Yeah.
1: I'd be a lot richer, probably. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> in this town.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Marie. Thank you. We adore you. And uh, you're welcome anytime right. here. Thank you again so funny it hurts is brought to you by pacific west injury law got into an accident contact pacific west injury law also there's nothing better for your mental health than a great workout and our episode is brought to you by fit club the only place to be it's so funny it hurts